HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are. America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one. Two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza. Your hosts... Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Oh, I like the applause. That's you. Makes me feel so very special. It's because because of our special guest today. All the way from Los Angeles, we have so many uh, such local talent. We're uh, going nationwide. Mike and Judy go nationwide today. Were you a Seinfeld fan, Judy? Yes, I was. Who wasn't a Seinfeld fan? I'll be honest. It took me a little while to um, catch up to it. Um, or maybe um, the first season. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really see it. You know what the thing is? I don't think Jerry Seinfeld's that funny a stand-up comic. No. I don't really like his stand-up routine. The show I ended, I ended up loving, and I, and I got it, and I like the you know the existential nature of it. I guess a lot of that has to do with Larry David, but also with our uh, guest today. Peter Melman, author of the new book, Mandela Was Late. More applause. <laughs> We're so popular. (laughs) Peter, thank you for coming. Your book is called Mandela Was Late, and you were a writer for Seinfeld for many years. Um, Many, many years. And the thing, many, many, many the thing, years. the thing that I found really intriguing is I've taken like TV writing courses. I sold a, I sold, sold a proposal to MTV and stuff. But they always tell you you have to get sell a show, get you sell yourself as a writer by sending in a spec script, and you sent in an essay. Yes, because um, I had never really written any scripts. I um, I got this. I I had met bumped into Larry David, who I had just I had met him in New York like one or two times, and I had just moved out to L.A. like a year earlier. And um, I bump into Larry, and he says, "You know, I'm doing this little TV show with Jerry Seinfeld. Maybe you could give me a writing sample, and I'll pass it on to him." That's so, pretty nice. Yeah, um, and uh, I had. In the next, 
a few days I had heard that he'd made this offer to several other friends, you know, people that we had in common. But, you know, so I gave him this essay that I had written in the New York Times. And uh, oddly enough, all these people who turned in scripts, Jerry said no, and the essay, he said yes. What was the essay? The essay is, uh, is, appears in the book, Mandela Was Late. Um, It was a about men column from the New York Times magazine. Mm -hmm. Remember they used to have that column in the... uh, Magazine. It was about a day that I had spent in New York in 1987, where I had just a, um, had a breakup with a girlfriend who I had been who had been at um, Yale Business School, and so um, I was very ungrounded in planning solo weekends. And uh, I walked out of my apartment on East 63rd Street and thought I spo- saw ABC correspondent Tom Jarrell walking down the street, the newsman, and it wasn't him. And I was so good at celebrity spotting on the streets of New York that I decided to spend the entire day walking around New York until I spotted a celebrity and I wouldn't go home <laughs> until then. What time did you get home? Five o'clock. Not and bad. I, and I, which I, celebrity I, were you so lucky to have stopped? The funny thing is I, I had given up and I was just on my way home and then I saw um, um, Newman. You know, the guy who used to write those books? I'm not the guy who makes the salad dressing. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, the guy who used to be on NBC News and he used to write... Oh, those oh, 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 Edwin Newman. Edwin Newman. Edwin Newman. I can't Newman, believe um, I blanked uh, on his name. Who wrote the language column for the right. New York Times and was, uh, what, a Nixon speechwriter, I think. Was right? he? Something, something like that. What's your last celebrity spotting in New York? We weren't, I, can't, I we, can't even remember. Who did I see? It's probably on Not my counting phone. people that have been on our show. Well, we always have a star-studded show. I don't. I mean, some of the more exciting ones have been like Chris Noth because I think he's handsome. I mean, I'll always see people and I'll go like, I know that person's famous, and then like I can't think of who it is. <laughs> like we thought we saw Gerard Butler at the Eddie Izzard show, but it wasn't. It was just some other good-looking guy. What about you? Um, well, probably the greatest celebrity spotting. Um in, in my storied <laughs> career, was it was Evil Knievel? Oh yeah, right. When we went to see uh, Red Fox in what was really the last days of <gasps> Shecky. Like, how old are you? Went into the story from like 1974. <laughs> no, it was, it was like 2000. You know, it was like, and we were talking about Tom Jones before. That's when we saw Tom Jones 2000. And um, what a star-studded uh, weekend. Um, no, that's not true. That was a different. Uh, getting the Las Vegas trips confused as they do. But it wasn't long before that. It was. Um, up at the Hacienda before they knocked that down at the end of uh, the strip. We saw Red Fox and Evil Knievel was in the audience and he said, oh, my friend, Evil Knievel. And Evil was wearing uh, red, white, and blue spangled clothes. He looked amazing. You know, he looks like the captain of the football team. Really good looking. And we went up to him and we said, Evil, you know, we work for High Society Magazine. I used to work for this porn magazine, High Society. That was before I was this porn correspondent for Hustler. And Evil said, great, I love those naked girls. Come out drinking with me. And we ended up spending three days drinking with Evil. (laughs) So, so Peter, are celebrities just like us? <laughs> One leg at a time, Judy. I think they're getting closer. I think, actually, I think we're getting closer to them uh-huh. because you know the average person is like in such incredible need of attention now. Right? And there's so much attention seeking just from the most anonymous people that the gap is closing. <laughs> I have to. We say, could I all have, be Kardashians. One. Day. I have to say that during the '80s, say celebrity spotting on the streets of new york was probably a little bit more interesting than it is now yeah because you know it wasn't all actors that you were seeing you know you'd see andy warhol and 
you know, and, oh, yeah. I mean, in the article, I even mentioned spotting, um, you know, uh, 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 Paley, you know, Grace Paley. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a pretty, that's a pretty high end spot. That's a good spot. And also, like, it was more special then because the internet, like, you think celebrities are everywhere because they're always, like, on your computer and people are taking pictures of their cell phones and stuff. And so, I don't know. I mean, Omar from The Wire lives in my neighborhood. That's my most exciting celebrity. Oh, my God. That's a pretty exciting (sighs) He goes to the same pet food store. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, he's, like, the coolest person in the history of the world. Is he working at all? He's on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, good, good. Which you shoots know, I, in I, Brooklyn. I worry about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped into Keith Richards a couple times, and he was super duper nice to me. He bought me a drink uh, one night, and um, another night we sort of bumped into him. We sitting next to him at, uh, at Balthazar, very, very, very fancy, schmancy, schmancy, schmancy. But so, um, tell us, tell us about writing for Seinfeld. Like you hadn't written dialogue before, really, right? I mean, right. So, how did you segue into it? Was it really hard? I mean, you know the thing that you would think would be hard writing dialogue was not to me that was really easy um i it took me no time to get the voice of the characters because i think i was used to adjusting my own voice because you know like you know as as freelance magazine writers one if you're writing for you know esquire one day and L magazine the next day and Penthouse the next day, you kind of have to adjust your writing voice. Yeah. So that was no problem for me. What was a trouble was, you know, dramatic structure. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know, like, anything about a story's beginning, middle, ends. And and, the, and the, all, the short time format, too. It's not like you have a whole movie to work it out. <clears throat> right. Like but 20 you know. minutes. Well, for yeah. Seinfeld, a show that is famously about nothing, the script seems very, very tight. I mean, they sort of double back on themselves um, right. you know, in, in a way that's very clever. It's obviously very well-crafted, and it's not... Um, you know, it's not a slice of life. I mean, it's it's very complex. It's a chess game, it seems, every every episode. Yeah, that, and that kind of developed over time. You know, I mean, <clears throat> if you were on the writing staff of the show, you were always kind of like one or two steps behind Larry's creative growth. So, like, once he hit upon that thing about how all the stories were interconnecting, and, you know, and in the beginning, you know, Kramer barely ever had any stories. So, you know, it just got more and more complicated and, um, you know, very, very dense. And you see, I think you see it now too in Larry, Larry David's show, where the thing, something that happens, you know, almost so casually at the beginning of the show, you know, he drops a piece of candy and the doctor's office comes back to bite him in the ass by the end of the show. Yeah. It's funny. That's why I actually have trouble enjoying the show because I just see it all happening ahead of time. You know, it's like I'm, I, 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 I you know, there's a big problem with knowing too much, especially when you're in LA, you know, like when you're in the, show business at all in LA and Everybody you know you're is, sitting right? yeah well most people yeah I mean but you're sitting there in the movie theater and you're going oh that line was looped that wasn't in the original you know and then you're sitting there going oh you know you see all the tricks and everything like that it really makes it hard to enjoy anything well that, that's sort of that's, that's sad actually it is sad it, it's sad because it's like you know if I were a doctor and I could no longer enjoy sex you know, just just no one be. You know, no, you're not, the you're not ana- buying that. You're the not an- buying that. The analogy part of the SATs that must have been rough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, you just know what's going on. You're too close to it. You, you seem to have taken the mystery out of it. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. The wonder out of it. You peek behind the wizard's curtain. Exactly. Listen, but you still enjoy sex. Very much with girls. 
Okay. To clarify. Well, we clarified that. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, but I also, though, I'm not the kind of guy who would go to a magic show and say, oh, that rabbit was in the guy's hat before the show started, because to me, that, that's not why I go to the show. I do go to be... Uh, amazed and you know I do, do go to the movies to say wow I don't I don't want to be cynical I don't want to say oh, you know those dinosaurs aren't real I just want to kind of buy into the whole thing I mean yeah. I'm a professional wrestling fan so I'm highly trained in the art of suspending disbelief yeah you definitely want to buy in and it just gets harder and harder you know and, and now it's like you know you know you get to the point where in LA at least there are only three movie theaters that you even want to go to you mean in terms of programming or in terms of just like the awful environment in terms of the environment, corporate movie going, and, you know, in terms of also sitting there through thirty-five trailers. Oh, what a uh. fucking buzzkill! Worse than that, the fucking commercials, the Sprite commercial, is enough to make me want to leap off the building. I, I am. A, I'm actually better with the commercials than the trailers. The commercials, you know, I at least understand that. You know that. <laughs> you know, the trailers. It's like. You know, when you sit in L.A. and you sit through 20 trailers like that, you, you know, it gives you that sick feeling that you're just living in a shit factory. <laughs> well, why do you still live there? I, because I love it. I love L.A. L.A. LA is a great place. What I mean, the business, is, the business might be bad, but L.A. is great. You know what I really love about it? First of all, you know, we're in Brooklyn now, and Brooklyn is really cool. Is like the cool place now. But it's partially the cool place because hedge fund people have basically muscled all the cool people out of Manhattan. And they're working on Brooklyn, too. Right. Maybe not this neighborhood this week, but soon. Yeah, I mean, in L.A., you know, first of all, people, everybody kind of comes in out there being dreamers, which I really like. There's Mm -hmm. a certain incredible idealism, even if it's ridiculous at times, but it's great. And, um, you know, the people, you don't. They don't get pushed out, and they and the cool neighborhoods kind of stay cool and everything like that. You know, it's kind of happening in Venice a little bit, but right. but for the most part, LA is just great, and it's really fun. And I don't know. I just love it. I, I don't understand why people. I'm too New York. It. I couldn't handle it. I like LA. I think it's pretty. Well, you should move out there with your new blonde hair, Judy. You'd be a star. You could be discovered at the lunch yet. counter and. See you on I the have silver to drive screen. everywhere. That's the problem with LA. But it's only forty minutes, right? <laughs> it was a 20 minutes. How in, in LA, everything is 20 minutes. It was right? 20. Now it's about 35. <laughs> but in a Prius, it's really quiet. You know, it's funny. When I, lived, <laughs> when I lived in New York, I was never late for meeting anyone. And 20 years in LA now, and I'm late all the time. <laughs> you were on time today. I, I can't. Yeah. I have a great time every time I'm in Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're short blasts. The last time I was there, I wanted to um, meet a group of friends that were misplanted New Yorkers or misplaced New Yorkers. All sober, by the way. How is it that all the people from New York get to LA? Because you can't, you can't drink and drive. I, I guess, I guess that, I guess that's it. But they flee here for um, better lifestyles, kind of like um, uh, Annie Hall, um, who's, who's the actor who brought the sunsuit out. Woody Allen goes out. Yeah, there. with Tony Roberts. To, to Tony Roberts, he goes out there. And he got his sunsuit, the whole LA thing, and Woody Allen is just sort of like mystified and kind of appalled. Um, that's kind of me in Los Angeles. So we decide to have dinner, and I'm talking to my friends. Great, five of us will meet. We can't wait. It's like the old fraternity, you know, of punk rockers from from New York City. So one guy's coming from Silver Lake, and the other guy's coming from God knows where, and. No one can meet in West Hollywood because it's inconvenient to two of the people. I, so we meet, and we can't really choose a restaurant based on the restaurant. We can't all say, let's go to the East Village. I love this restaurant. It's got to be some 
complex algorithm of geography to find the epicenter of, you know, what's ever possible. It's like launching a fucking space shuttle. So it takes five people, five cars to have dinner. And, of course, they all want to come right after work because they don't want to stop home before having dinner. So I'm having dinner at 6.30 like Seinfeld's parents or something, mm-hmm. you know. And after dinner, let's go have a cocktail. And I was like, what, are you fucking crazy? We just parked our cars. We're not taking our cars to another place because you can't walk anywhere either. You can't just go down the street to have, you know, a civilized cocktail. And to me, that's L.A. It's like, where's the community? It's just so scattered. It's a place looking for a center. Oh, Mike. You have a beautiful house. You're right by the ocean. Who's, 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 who's you? Well, if you if Bob you live Dylan, in LA and you're a TV writer, <laughs> why don't we take a break right now? All right, here's one from my old band, The Ronchans, Alka Hollywood. <laughs> We're back, Mike and Judy here on the Mike and Judy Show. Here we are, and uh, with, with with our um, friend Peter Melman of, uh, of many 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 claims to fame, the narrow world of sports. We should talk about too, and working with Howard Cosell, but um, certainly to um, the general uh, pop. You were most famous for your work with Seinfeld, and coming up with uh, with this. Let me play that clip, Jack. Listen to this. Marcy comes over and she tells me that her ex-boyfriend was over late last night and yada, 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 I'm really tired today. What do you think she was tired from? Well, obviously the yada, yada. You don't think she'd yada, yada sex? I've yada, yada sex. Really? Yeah. I met this lawyer, we went out to dinner, I had the lobster bisque, we went back to my place, yada, 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 I never heard from him again. You yada yada over the best part. No, I mentioned the bisque. <laughs> yada yada yada. The other, th- the other, one of the things I loved was the sponge worthy because sponges were like really horrible for most women. They were like um, burning little. Sorry, Mike. After our placenta <laughs> show a couple weeks ago, I shouldn't even go into vaginas. But like. So many people, but, but, but eventually I will. So please. So, so many people were allergic to them, but it was very cute because it was kind of like, oh my god, where'd they go? And you coined sponge worthy. Um, so demystify it for us. Who that, who who was the, who was this woman? The sponge You know what? I, 
It's funny. When I was in New York, there was a girl who was a friend of a girlfriend who was, and she was, her, the friend was gorgeous. And I noticed that she had these sponges. Like you know, a whole the sponge. closet full of them? No, <laughs> like, but just sitting on the desk. And, you know, it was just like, oh, man. But, <laughs> I'm with the wrong then, girl. And then, like, eight years later, you know, I'm driving in L.A. during Seinfeld, and I hear that the Today Sponge is going out of business. Uh-huh. And that's like, that at the time was like a gift from the heavens, because immediately <laughs> you can think like four beats, like what if Elaine was a real big sponge buyer? So now she hears that they're going out of business, so she buys the entire West Side up, and then she had, but she only gets an, a finite number, so <laughs> she has to completely change her screening system for who she sleeps with. I understand Kasparov works the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Four moves ahead. Believe me, that is like. You know when you're writing, comedy when gold, you're writing, Jerry. When you're writing for Seinfeld, that is your that is just what you live for. There, um, now Judy, you're an expert in how not to date. Mm-hmm. Um, Seinfeld has got to be sort of like, like um, you know, the the Bible of how not to date. We, well, I mean, George was the best example of how not to date, how not to do everything, really. But um, but Jerry too. I mean, how many girls did Jerry break up with or, or sleep with on that show over the over over the run, run? Well, you know, it turns out that dating stories were great. You know, dating stories were always good, and and I happened to have come up with. You know, I just saw tons of possibilities in them. So, I were you a bad dater? Are you a bad dater? Um, Do you remain a bad dater? I I I think I sometimes can be great, and but most times I have some. You know, I, I don't know. I, just, I enjoy it though. <laughs> I enjoy it. I like the I like the whole game of it all. And here is the difference between Peter and and me. He writes for Seinfeld about his dates, and I end up in penthouse letters. <laughs> so it really is an American tragedy. Um, but the Seinfeld people, I mean, they seem to be always, and I, and I guess that's part part of the, ultimately it's the hook. And if you look at the last episode, they're not that likable. These people, no. Right? I love that. I love it. Like, I know it gets a lot of crap, but I like girls for that reason. The characters are kind of unlikable. I mean, yeah. I love girls. I, I, you know, she's a, she really writes great dialogue and, and all the grief she gets is just such jealousy. It really she's is. She's just good. She writes great stuff. Yeah, she writes. I'm so happy to have that vindicated by a professional comedy writer. When are we getting her on the show? When are we getting the cast of girls and uh, Lena on the They're show? They're a little too, I don't Does know. Does she like live here, Roberta's or something? No, she, she lives <laughs> in Brooklyn Heights. Really? You'd think Lena Dunham would come here and do the show in no time. I'll ask. Ask next next time. She's probably having like cocktails with Omar from the Wire right now. Right. <laughs> Snoop from the Wire came out to the neighborhood too, maybe to hang out with Omar. Who knows? Really? Yeah, I live. Is she the, out of jail? I guess so because the subway <laughs> the subway driver stopped the train to get his picture taken with her. <laughs> I know she gotten. I know she had gotten in trouble again. Right. Oh, good. I'm glad she's out of jail. I'm glad she's out of Baltimore. I mean, she needs to be out of Baltimore. She yeah, needs Baltimore's... to be away from where she gets in trouble. So there's life after Seinfeld? Yeah, there's great life after <laughs> Seinfeld. You know, I mean, you know. For some of you guys. So, yeah, Seinfeld <laughs> was great, but, you know, it was pretty exhausting. You know, I, I it, and it's funny. Seinfeld has replaced college for me in a weird way. You know how, like, you have that dream about having missed every class, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of a semester. Even last night, I have this dream now where I'm at Seinfeld and I've 
not written one episode and not contributed anything at the end of a season. So it's kind of replaced college for me. Oh. What do you think of Veep? I love Chris, her, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' new show. I think it's really funny. You know, I watched it last night. And um, because Mad Men at my hotel, they don't have AMC. Oh, my God. Everyone kidding? was an asshole on Mad Men last night. <laughs> I've yet to see a single episode of Mad oh, Men. Tremendous show. I'm still, still out in the cold. So, but, yeah, Veep is fun. Yeah. And, and just to see Julia cursing like that, because... <laughs> You know, I don't think you can be an American and speak English more beautifully than Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, her enunciation is just so beautiful, you know, crisp. I mean, she just speaks perfectly. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, I watched the, sh- the the episode where she crapped herself the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Why does that sound so Larry David? I don't know. <laughs> well, Lena Dunham did it. it, did, oh, it yeah. did she do it in her show, too? Or was or was that the women are crapping themselves all over the place? Not I for, here. I forgot. Oh, maybe that was the Onion. But, <laughs> you know, yes, the I on- think it was. You know, the Onion did a whole thing about her visiting her gynecologist. Crap, you know. Well, get- she did visit her gynecologist, and she um, she talked about not using protection or something. It was just and how AIDS would be a blessing or some craziness. And she's just such she's such a like an asshole in the way that twenty year olds. Are you know tw- not Jack, of course, but um, <laughs> <laughs> kids in their twenties can be just so self-absorbed and and blind to you know half of what would they're. Would we hate ourselves if we saw ourselves when we were twenty-three? Would we look back and think, you know, what a bunch of fucking know-it-all douchebag? I'd be too consumers. busy looking at my cute little twenty-three-year-old ass to worry <laughs> about my personality. <laughs> but the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> And you didn't even have to look that far back. I think if you're 25 and you look at yourself at back in 23, you think you were an idiot. And then at 27, you look back at 25 and think you're an idiot. And you don't really catch... It takes a long time to catch up. And then you just know you're an idiot going through life, and it's fine right. once, <laughs> once you accept that. Once you accept that, life gets so much better. <laughs> it is so funny that that's like the biggest thing about growing up, is realizing how little you know and how yeah. stupid you are. Once a day, you should like come to the conclusion that you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. That's very Jewish. It seems very Jewish, right? Very um, questioning, very, you know? I will, McGuire? Yeah. Well, well, here we celebrate Judaism. It's, it's <laughs> not quite the same as... Uh, so Seinfeld, do you think Seinfeld is a Jewish show? Do we describe Seinfeld as a Jewish comedy? I know Jews would like to claim it as a Jewish Oh, Jews want to claim every fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. I just read, oh, we started punk rock. It's like, enough. Haven't you done enough? You know, like Jews and lesbians, they want to claim everything as their own. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, did you ever see that, that lesbian show that was on... It was like every, you know... Like oh, the L word? The L word. I love that show. It was like I every... I thought it was about liberals. Every what I know. woman in the world, <laughs> eventually they turned lesbian in that show. Like, they did not believe that there was any such thing as, you know, just a purely heterosexual... And woman. every hot woman in the world, there were no... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess in Hollywood there are no ugly people on television, but yeah. <laughs> and Jennifer Beals is kind of an old friend, and uh, I was like, wow, you're really doing that show? And she goes, hell yeah. Oh, it was the best show. I love. I watched every episode. Anyway, I think we're all- so. Was Seinfeld Jewish? We kind of skirted that. Yeah, I know you say Jews like to think so, and I mean, as as a Jewish guy and a guy who loves Jewish comedy, and you know, and growing up with um, uh, you know, Sid Caesar and the and the kind of people that were writing, you know, on his show who were my heroes, and uh, you know, everything from the Marx Brothers and Three Stooges to Woody Allen and. Um, you know, and, and John Rivers and, and all these great Jewish comedians. It, it's, you know, obviously it's a t- touchstone there. There's something there. Jerry is obviously Jewish, um, not storyline Jewish, but real uh, life Jerry Seinfeld. I would say it had a strong Jewish sensibility. And, and Larry a strong New York it. sensibility, really. I thought. And the funny thing, yes, 
but the funny thing is, you know, if you t- if you looked at your ten top favorite episodes, and it, they could have taken place in almost any other city, you know, it was more about social minors and things like that than it was about specifically New York. It's true. And back in the day when Seinfeld was just starting, and I was recognizing it, you know, it was having some sort of you know Jewish you know vibe to it. People I knew who were just new to New York and didn't really weren't immersed in the in the culture didn't get that it, that there was anything Jewish about. Like, what are you talking about? They didn't understand any of what might be considered, you know, a, a Jewish comic sensibility but remember what Lenny Bruce said if you're in New York you're Jewish yeah even if you're black even if you're Puerto Rican if you're in New York you're Jewish yeah even if your name is McGuire <laughs> <laughs> and again that's Judaism <laughs> I have written a bar mitzvah movie several bar mitzvah speeches I am there you go there, that could that could have been a Seinfeld episode. I'm Jewish by paycheck like, <laughs> that's what you want to be <laughs> <laughs> once again it's been the fastest 30 minutes on the internet today Peter where can we find you and uh, and, and get your book well Mandela was late is um, on Amazon in both e a book and uh, paperback and um, it's got a whole bunch of essays and uh, even my doodles oh I was wondering who did the art because I was like going through it really quickly um, yeah. um, do you have a website I do pmelman.com p-m-e-h-l-m-a-n.com and do you have any other promotional events oh, well I'm doing uh, I'm going to be on Joy Behar's show tomorrow she's an old friend that's nice. Big. That's huge. Yeah. Who are guests with GMA, the Today Show, Joy Behar? That's not, that's not the, what's that show? The, the, the View. The View, is that, that her show? No, no, she's got her own show. The, the Coffee Clutch, whatever that fucking thing is called. She doesn't have the horrible Republican on this what, show. What happened to daytime TV? Right? I used to like want to get stay home from school and be sick to watch daytime television, but that's, I guess, when the golden, that was a golden age of well, game shows. Want, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch the, Concentration. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and leave it to Beaver. <laughs> yes, Shecky, leave it to <laughs> All right. Uh, next time, come back. Please, let's talk about Howard Cosell because I'm absolutely fascinated about that oh, part man, of your career, yeah. too. That was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming to visit us. And uh, pmelman.com, right? Yes. For Mike, Judy, and Peter Melman, and Jack Inslee, Engineer of the Stars, I'm here on the Heritage Radio Network. It's Mike and Judy. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.